Welcome to Yald, the podcast. In our previous episode, Carlos mentioned the name Dave on a few occasions. Today, we speak with none other than him, David Calderon, who is currently the president of the league. He is also one of the original coaches and volunteers way back in 2011 when Yald first began. Today, David talks to us about the beginnings of the program and what the program is today. My name is David Calderon, and I've been affiliated with Yald for since its inception. So 12 11 years. years 11, 11 years. years. 11 years. 11 Feels years like 12. Now. What was your first impression of the program? First impression was here a couple of guys just trying to run a football league just to have kids play football, to be honest. Did you think um, it was going to work? When we got the kids and we started playing, I knew it would work. Mm-hmm. But it was so grassroots that we would have to put more into it. Let me ask you another, Let me ask you a different way. Compare with what y'all is today, 2022. And let's go back to 2011. Are you surprised that it is what it is today? Based yes. off of your, your initial... I'm going to say yes and no. Please. In the beginning, I didn't. But when Lito came to me, actually, I went to Lito mm-hmm. after the first year and said, I want to do this again because it was so much fun. Okay. Well, now, it was fun. What were you doing? What was your role with the league? I was, the a, I was a coach of the, the Giants football team. Okay. One of the four coaches. And it, it was just cool, man. We just had a bunch of young kids, and these kids were young. You know, mm-hmm. just playing football, you know, they had no idea what they were doing and we were coaching them and it was four teams. So it was just like we played the same teams over and over again. But it was just who, who, were, the, who were the coaches? Who were the coaches? We had me, Miguel, mm-hmm. um, Al and Jason were coaches. Al? Adabelto, the coach oh, of the Panthers. Yes. He's one oh, of the original. On. So, wait, so it was you, Mickey, Al and, and Jason were one team. We're one team. Oh, I, I just wanted to know who were the, who were the oh, four coaches. Oh, the, so the fourth coach, no, oh, no, the other yeah, teams. yeah. So Alan Jason was one team. They were the Bengals. Miguel was the the Vikings. I was the Giants. And who's the fourth coach? Carlos Castellanos, our oh, fearless leader. I forgot about that. The Cowboys. Guess who won the championship? The Cowboys. Uh, Is the, uh, was the fix in? Uh, was the fix in? You want to talk about a fix? <laughs> Huh? Well, listen, speaking of fix, before we move on to your history of the program and your recollection of the program, we interviewed one of the current coaches. Okay. Matter of fact, the current coach of the Giants, if I'm not mistaken, a one Fernando, to which everyone affectionately refers to him as Fern. Yes. We asked him some stuff and and he said this. He said this about... At the time, he he and his squad lost a player. But this is what he said. Peep it. However, however, and this is where I think the fix is in. Um, The kid came back uh, the following year, was put in the draft. Uh, Carlos had tons of conversation with him over the summer. The kid paid his due diligence and he was allowed to come back in. Unfortunately, he was put on the commissioner's uh, team. Uh, not to name any names, <clears throat> Dave. Um, <laughs> but they ended up winning the championship with our kid, who they took from our team oh, man. and put to another team. But anyway, that's not the story. That's not the point. But yes, he. Okay. Okay. 
when he said, <clears throat> Dave, I'm assuming he's referring about you. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not even going to get into it, to be honest. You know, <laughs> it's the rules. The kid got in trouble. Yeah. The coaches didn't even really want him back. Yeah. So he got put into the pool. And the way we do our draft, I just happen to have the first pick. So it sounds fair and square. It is fair and square. Why is Fernando mad? Because Why they, does he think the fix is in? Because they weren't able to win with him. And the first year he comes into a, a, a program that's well-oiled machine, <laughs> he wins a championship. And then the following year, he wins a second championship and wins the um, prestigious Yaldo Award for um, our... What's the y'all the, the leadership award? Mm. Mm. So that's how we turn around kids' lives in this program. But I guess we get that into that a little bit later. So it sounds like this kid was a uh, uh, like Matthew Stafford. Are you saying? <laughs> saying he came. He came more Odell Beckham. There we go. All right, more Odell Beckham. <laughs> so so that's, that was your first impression of the program. It was fun. You wanted to come back. Today, in 2022, what's your affiliation with the program? Right now, I'm the president of the organization. I work hand-in-hand with Carlos Castellanos Mm -hmm. in basically trying to get everything done for the program, you know, raise money, Mm -hmm. figure out different ways to raise money, uh, scheduling, jerseys, you know, just everything we need to do to run this program. Mm -hmm. Um, It isn't easy. No. But but it's you want to know what? It's fun, and it's been... An insane learning process for the both of us. Insane? Yeah. Please tell. Um, Because usually people think of insane. That sounds like too extreme. Listen, you know, like I said, we were a program that Carlos started off with walking around the streets with a book bag, right? To be able to get our 501c3 certification in three years of us operating. And that's just me and Carlos doing research on how to write a proper application to get one of these th- things for an organization that really has no history of doing it, has no real show of income coming in and income going out to do this, right? Carlos, a lot of the times, you know, we raised a couple of dollars here and there, but, and we still do. And everything goes right back to the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, a lot of people think, you know, well, you guys have to be making money. I promise you we're not. Everything goes to these kids and what we could get more for them and, and what we could give them. So when you say it goes back to the kids, what, uh, can you give us some examples? How do you mean? Listen, we we raise money. We we get donations of undergarments, cleats, socks, headbands, anything that I could possibly try to get these kids, you know, tights, uh, sweatpants, you know, whatever. And we give it out to these guys, um, you know, and then the money we get in goes to trophies you know, our bar, our all-star barbecue type of thing, mm-hmm. rings for the championship teams, mm-hmm. um, you know, insurance. So it, it, it all goes back to the field. It all goes back to the field. It really does. Um, and it just took a lot, you know, just to, I remember my wife was having an operation and I was in the hospital while she's getting an operation. I'm on the phone with Carlos trying to figure out how to apply for grants to Macy's and all these companies. And we ended up getting them. And wow. it's just us two just talking on the phone, trying to figure out how to answer these questions. Yeah. And that's how we built it, man, from the ground up. Listen, you know, you give us a, you give us a sponsorship, we'll put your name on a banner. We'll put your name on a jersey. Yeah. You know, it was just wanting to kill, keep up building that brand, that y'all brand. So it becomes more prevalent in a neighborhood 
where football is not a thing. Correct. So let's talk about that. So are you from the Heights area? Yes. Grew up, born and raised on 181st and Haven. Went to PS 187. Shout out to PS 187. Shout out to PS 187 for sure. And uh, Where'd you go to high school? Cardinal Hayes in the Bronx. Shout out to Cardinal Hayes right now. Shout, shout out to Cardinal Hayes. Um, but I, yeah, I was all up and down those streets. I, yeah. I'm a Heights boy, born and raised. Yeah. And when people go to the Heights, man, it's usually uh, baseball or basketball. It is baseball, predominantly baseball, right? Which is a little crazy to have more baseball fields than you could have a football field. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, yeah, basketball. And kids, listen, man, when I was a kid, my favorite sport was football. We used to play on one-way streets, same streets you drive right now, we used to play football in those streets. While the cars are driving. When the cars drive, drove, I mean, we stop. Right, of course. Right? But and then, still, it's, but what, it's... Yeah, but once the, once the car passed, let's go. We would put dents in people's cars on our block. It was really bad. And we would play between 181st and 180th and Pinehurst. And then Carlos's block, we would play between... On we, Pinehurst. Oh, on, by the steps. Yeah. So, and then on Carlos's block... But we that's would a dead-end street. No, no, no. Down on the down the stairs. So you got 181st and 180. The stairs is 181st going to 182nd. Yeah. 181st going towards the bridge on Pinehurst. So on that side. Yeah. Ah. So, you know, we used to dent up people's cards. We, I got to an age where I really wanted to play football. So I used to go to Harlem as a kid, like a fifth grader, sixth grader. And as I got older, I would take the train out to Pelham Bay Park. To mm. play football, me mm. and my boys, five, six of us, with our equipment and everything. That's not a. That's not an easy trip. It isn't an easy trip. Imagine mm. trying to put your kid now on the train to go to Pelham Bay to play football. Ain't nobody doing that. Mm-mm. It's a crazy time right now. But that's what I used to do to go play football. So when this opportunity came, I was like, hell yeah, why not? Football in the Heights, nobody's doing it. Football in the Heights, nobody's doing it. I, I want to talk about the kids, right? What are some of the most fun things about working with the kids over the years? Do you have a particular story in mind or anything like that, man? What has been what's been one of the more fun things about working with the Just, kids? Honestly, that's the one thing I miss about coaching is being around the kids. But it's a little it's a little you know, now I'm around more kids because now um I gotta see over everybody, right? But coaching you had a set of kids that when I started coaching, all these kids were like 12 years old, 11 years old. So I grew with these kids till they aged out 17, 18 years old. Talking about five or six years of coaching these kids. You see these kids grow from little pipsqueaks up to grown men mm-hmm. and, and learning the game of football. And I think that's the most amazing thing, especially when a kid really picks up on it mm-hmm. and they're able to lock in and just know I'm unstoppable. It's such an amazing thing to see. That's what, to me, that was the best part. Just, and not every kid did everything, but what they mastered, what they were supposed to do for me, mm-hmm. they were the best at it. Good. That's and that really was cool. what, that was so fulfilling to me. That's what I miss the most about coaching. Man. Well, you know, you, you mentioned that you're not coaching and you're the president of the league. That's what you said, yeah. right? But you also do run the youth clinic. Yes. Can we talk about that for a little bit? So one of the... I think now we've got over that hump, but one of the things in our middle years was how I kept focusing on telling Carlos, we need to get more parent participation. Let me stop you right there because that's how I got introduced to you guys because my older son was playing football with another league 
and it, he he it was a it was not a good experience for him, right? Right, to say the least. And and then somebody told me about you guys, um, your youth clinic, and I enrolled him. And after enrolling and playing with you guys for maybe a couple of weeks, all of a sudden, this nine year old kid says to me, "Yeah, football is my favorite sport." I was like, "Oh, look at you acting brand new!" All of a sudden, but I'm a witness to a kid who had a bad experience with a sport with with another organization. Comes your organization and says, "Football is my favorite sport." How did you set the groundwork to create things like that? Because I'm sure my son is not the only one who said something like that. It, it you got to just put your energy into them, right? You you got to. And if you're going to ever speak down on a kid to try to teach them, you got to pick them up at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a learning experience for the both of us, to be honest, because each kid is not the same kid. Each kid is not the same, no. And I got to interact with each different kid in a different way, in a different tone. Mm -hmm. But if you just keep building this kid's confidence, then they're going to fall in love with whatever it is that you're trying to build their confidence in. I notice in the youth clinic, it's, 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 it's very adult driven in the sense that uh, the coaches, whoever's teaching the class, is usually the quarterback. Like the kids aren't the quarterback. The kids are you, you, one of the coaches, the quarterbacks, and you're just kind of guiding the kids through. What? Why is that? The quarterback position is so difficult, and to put that on a kid at such a young age, you don't need to do that. These kids need to learn the fundamentals of football. They need to learn how to run around, catch the ball. They need to know how to play defense, grab a flag before they could be a quarterback. A quarterback. That's the least of their worries. Everybody could throw a ball. Some throw it better than the others. But you got to teach them the fundamentals. You got to lay the groundwork, how to properly run around the footwork, you know, how to go in and out of things. You know, you could be a quarterback, but if you don't know how to run around and move and, and play like a quarterback, you're not a quarterback. You're just somebody that could just throw a ball. Or or not know the game. Right. And you and that's what we teach. Listen, right now, I, I, I tell Lito this, though. I want to come back to be a coach with all the kids that used to go through youth clinic. Ooh. Right now I have enough to build a team that, you know, that are playing now in the YFFL league. And and they're all good. Once from the moment they come in, they're playing at a 16-year-old's level, no matter and they're the, only 12 the, years old. The alumni. Yes. Yes. The youth the, clinic alumni. Dude, listen, that might be a fourth team to add for the Turkey Bowl. Because I would do it. um uh Raphael was telling me that it's it's coaches and volunteers yeah. as one team, uh 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 alumni, right? Our former players yeah. and current players. Yo, what if we have the youth clinic alumni though? Then that means I gotta be there and coaching them. I can't do that. I host Thanksgiving, but that's not a bad idea. I got <laughs> Kevin that can coach them. Um <laughs> that's a great idea, actually. Yeah. But listen, man, they're great kids, and and you just see them. So that goes back to the question you were asking about the 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 youth clinic and why I wanted to do it is because of the parent involvement. Mm. So when you grab a kid at seven years old, eight years old, they can't go to the field by themselves. Their parents got to bring them to the field. That's right. So now you get this parent associated with the program, associated with what you're, what you're doing. And just like yourself, you saw that I was a decent person, putting everything into the kids and, and providing a program where your kid would turned around and told you, I want to play football now. That's my favorite sport. Mm -hmm. That's what we want to put in also into the parents. So is this something that uh, this this level of parent engagement is this something that was not happening before? It was not happening before. So that's why the youth clinic became a thing. 
And yeah. I, Carlos was like, if you're going to do it, I'll do it. And I was like, heck yeah. You know, who came up with that idea? Me. So it, it talk to us about that conversation. So I told, like I said, we wanted more parents. And I said, the only way we could get more parents is the younger age. And then those parents, hopefully some of those kids have older brothers or they go and tell other parents about, listen, I got this league where, for instance, Sonia, right? Who's Lewis's mother. She bought, he played for the youth clinic. And then she went around and told all these parents and all these kids started to sign up for Yalb. So that's what you want to do, right? You you, you want to get to the parents because they're the ones at the end of the day say yes or no to the to the kids. That's right. You know, so you, you need to get to that level and let them know that you're running something that they want to put their kid in. They want to believe in us because we believe in their kid. Oh, yeah. And we want to make their kid better in everything and every aspect and become a leader in this community, right? In a community that terrible things are continuing to happen and and it's a sad thing to see every night, in the, but you just don't want it to be one of our kids and show our kids why we can't go this route. Everyone that spoke, everyone that I've spoken to, um, and I'll ask you the same thing. I get the impression that y'all is more than football. Without a doubt. Please explain. We build a family relationship. We we want these kids to strive. It's not football. We're, we're, with football, we're instilling responsibility. So to go back to what your little clip you played earlier, mm-hmm. now that we're in this area, mm-hmm. now we'll go to it. About the fixes in and the young man who got suspended. Well, the young man, his name was Wesley. And he was a very good kid on the football field. He'd be a little hard-headed at times, but that's what kids are, right? He did something crazy that he ended up getting kicked out. He paid his dues to Lito, did what Lito asked. You know, he, he became a model citizen, <laughs> turned around. And he got put into the draft, and I took him under my wing. And, you know, I'm not trying to say I ruin an I, I rule with an iron fist, but I'm going to instill my will and tell you to listen to what I say because what I'm going to help you do is become a better individual. And he did. And he became a better player, better teammate, everything. And, we yes, we won the chip, but he wasn't the reason we won the chip. He was a helping component, heck yes. But that's what it is. But I coached him, right? And we, yeah. we, and when we coach, we're trying to give these kids responsibilities that not only on the football field, but once you give them a responsibility on the football field, you're just teaching them that, that they're a part of something. And that's something they could take with them in life, yeah. part of everything. Yeah, You're always going to be a part of a team. So um, that's what we do. And, you know, one thing I've always preached to my kids and all the coaches do is higher education. You have to have aspirations of going to college. There's more than this block. There's more than these five boroughs in this world. Do you think that uh, the the y'all program by itself, do you think it, it helps foster that with the kids? Without a doubt. Because right now, you know, we have a lot of kids that went on to higher education. And we're seeing those kids, when they finish their higher education, kind of uh, kind of come back to us and want to give that helping hand. And how can they help the organization? I, I want to talk about that for a second. You mentioned higher education. Obviously, you mean uh, college, university, and stuff like that. I don't know if people recognize this, but here in New York City, that's not a guarantee. No. Listen, even trade school, right? There's nothing wrong with going to a trade school. No. They get paid a lot of money, those tradesmen, on these yeah. jobs. And not everything's a guarantee, right? Not but- everything's a guarantee. But what I mean is, 
it's not a given that kids here in New York City graduate high school oh, yeah. and go into college. Correct. Like yeah. that's not No, that's not a given. It's it's not a given. You gotta you put know? in that work. And like there's some places where it's expectation, of course. Right. Here it's not. Wow. So you're saying that this is something that you instill in the kids that are part of your program. Yeah. Like, listen. You gotta go to college. Listen, one year we did. I, I took a kid out to listen. I'm a I'm a Hofstra alumnus, and one year I took a kid. He was like, I want to go see a college. I was like, You want to go see Hofstra? It was one of the schools on his list. I was like, I'll take you. And I took him on a college tour. I didn't know you went to Hofstra. Yeah, I went to Stony Brook. Oh, the island. Let's go. That's all right. Okay, that was the first time I've ever been to Long Island. I was like, Where the hell am I? Ah, uh, you see, I've been out there a couple of times, but but when I went out there and stayed out there, yeah. That's when you learn things. That's when you learn life. And that's what I'd be- Did you live on campus? Yeah. Bro, can I tell you, I lived on campus, but my last year, I commuted- No, that's- From the Bronx. Oh, that's- Hold up. Stony Brook is out there. Without a car. Yeah, no, that's out there. So you was taking the train, sleeping in the library. (laughs) I know. I know. But but that's what you got to tell these kids, right? Like, And when they all come back, they all say the same thing. Yo, you were right. Like, I love to see the kids' Instagrams that I used to coach. Yeah. And they're living a life that they put work into and, and they got their education and they learned and they're making a positive thing for their life. They're not and negative. S- and then some of them come back to the program. And then some of them come back to the program one talk way or another. Me, talk to me about that, man. Like, what's that like for you? Join us next time as the conversation continues. If you enter at 12 and you stay till 17, 18, you're talking about five to six years being with us. Those older kids come back and they see the kids that were 12 now killing it when they're 17. And you just see this revolving door just keep coming back. And these kids just want to help. Even if they come back one day, like, can I help you coach them for one day? Mm-hmm.